1: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Rams have added Odell Beckham
3: Jr. to their already explosive offense. The Ravens were shut down by the Dolphins on Thursday Night Football? And what can we expect from Cam Newton's return to the Carolina Panthers? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story
3: a deal in your fantasy football league it might get vetoed but the good news for the la rams is they don't have to worry about that they're adding odell beckham jr to a team that just brought in von miller to go with superstars like aaron donald jalen ramsey and even matthew stafford if you want to put him in that category i don't but you know let's let's be generous here joining me now from locked on rams sosa kermendras and sosa this is a decision that Odell Beckham made reportedly down between the, the Rams and the Packers. So you and I are uniquely positioned to have this conversation. I'm going to be honest, of all the teams mentioned that that Odell was interested in and, and they were interested in OBJ, these are probably the two I thought could need him at least the least. How does he fit into what LA wants to do and what they need to be NFC
4: contenders? Yeah, So like you mentioned, I mean, this is sort of like an embarrassment of riches situation for the Rams, right? They had no need for Odell Beckham, really. I mean, uh, the biggest need here is you lose Deshaun Jackson a week ago, he goes to the Las Vegas Raiders. And not only that, but in that same week, they also lost second round pick two Tutu Atwell to a season ending shoulder injury. So really where they felt the biggest hurt in the receiver room was to the depth aspect. But now You know, OBJ is a special kind of player. He's got an innate amount of talent. I mean, this guy is a top 10 receiver when he's in a perfect position. He's healthy and all that kind of stuff is good for him. So maybe not the same guy he was in 2014. We don't really know. But he's too good to be sitting and rotting on your bench, so he's going to definitely factor into some playing time here. Uh, he's not going to be the number one guy, probably not going to be the number two guy either. But I do expect he and Woods to maybe rotate a little bit, and certainly he and Van Jefferson at that receiver three spot to rotate a lot. And now he's probably the premier deep threat on the roster since losing Deshaun Jackson. He's the guy that has the speed to take you know the top off the defense and. and You know, this guy is now in a good position for himself too, right? The Rams are potentially going to be one Super Bowl contender out of the NFC this season. And he's going to be a free agent once again in March. So now he's aligned in a good spot to get himself a nice paycheck as well. So it really worked out, I guess. But at the end of the day, you know, like you mentioned, some of the teams that maybe were interested, you think of the Packers, the Chiefs, maybe some of these other teams, the Seahawks probably could have given him a little bit more usage, more targets. But uh, in, in terms of that star pull, you know, this guy probably wanted to be in Los Angeles.
3: Hollywood always has its allure. This is also a deal that came together, at least the announcement of it, in a very bizarre way. Adam Schefter originally reporting that the deal was done. The Rams put it on their website and then had to take it down. We were in the the locked-on NFL DMs going back and forth talking about, okay, Kim Jones is saying this, Justina Anderson is saying this. This was a totally bizarre situation you and I may or may not have exchanged some friendly trash talk in that DM. This this was bizarre, but it does seem like, according to Jay Glazer, LA was always the, the place that Odell wanted to go. Do we have any insight on how this actually all came together?
4: Yeah, so it was really strange, like you said, weird little kind of back and forth there. I think in general, uh, the Rams had to have been in play. It sounded like uh, even going back to as early as Wednesday, they were really one of the teams that he narrowed down to be his final choice. And I think ultimately it probably came down to you know, leveraging between the Rams and the Packers to see maybe if one team was going to up their offer type of situation. But, you know, ultimately the Rams had a lot of pull here. He was talking to guys like Jalen Ramsey. We even heard, you know, coming out of, I think it was the athletic. I can't remember who reported it, but Sean McVay gave him a call and he really had a good breakdown in terms of how they were going to utilize this guy started to buy into that system. And and somebody mentioned that, you know, OBJ thought the Rams were going to be all in, in terms of what their plan was with him, how they want to go about going into a deep playoff run. And then you got guys like Vaughn Miller on FaceTime with him, you know, Jalen Ramsey, all these other stars trying to pull him as well. And he does have personal relationships with some of these guys as well. So, you know, ultimately, I think you even hear Jay Glazer talk about it. He said, you know, when o- OBJ uh, was nearly traded to the Rams in 2018, prior to the trade for Brandon Cooks, he was all in like he's wanted to go to L.A. and, and join Sean McVay since 2017 when he took over and when he got traded to Cleveland apparently he was thinking you know is there another way that we can get me to LA so it sounds like it's something that's sort of been deep-rooted in terms of his interest there so you can't really knock him for that but it was certainly a weird back and forth in terms of how it went down over the last 24 hours
3: follow lockdown Rams for more on their quest to win a Super Bowl coming up the Cowboys saw little production on their offense in Dak Prescott's return but will they bounce back
2: Now here's what you need to be locked on today.
3: The Raptors took down the Celtics with a little help from OG Ananobi. The
1: Raptors win a wild one in Philly. I'm Sean Woodley here from Locked On Raptors with a quick recap of the Raptors' 115-109 win in Philadelphia to snap a three-game losing streak. And there are a lot of places we could go with the big takeaway from this one. Scotty Barnes was wonderful once again. A third quarter burst from him really kept the Raptors in control of this game, actually put the Raptors ahead, frankly. Fred VanVleet had some massive shot making as well, some really good Great finishes around the basket. But the real story from this one, I think, is OG Ananobi, who late in this game with the game on the line, had two enormous assists on corner threes by Gary Trent Jr. and Fred Van Vliet, where he was doing the thing that the Raptors have been priming him to do all season long: running the Raptors offense late in the game, getting Andre Drummond onto switches and punishing that mismatch finding two open shooters back-to-back for two huge threes to put the Raptors up after they trailed at one point, 109-107. Those two threes put him up 113-109 and basically put it away. You know, it was just a 20-point, four-assist, four-rebound game for OG in this one, but those last two assists in particular, really great indicators that his progression as a lead playmaker is coming along quite nicely, and the Raptors pick up a big win to move to 7-6 and six as a result.
3: The Flames just can't seem to figure out the Canadiens.
5: Well, the Flames lost yet again to the Montreal Canadiens, this time falling 4-2. to And of course, you know, it's those dang empty net goals that just keep on getting them. But of course, you know, the Flames did have quite the game. Something that was so confusing to me was the second period. There was a sequence where they were in front of the net, the Branson cross-checks, Brendan Gallagher uh, in the back of the neck. And then Tyler Toffoli gets Goodbranson. And then Chris Tanna grabs someone who he thinks is Toffoli. And then they start fighting. But there's no penalty called on any of this. So I don't know what the refs were looking at. Will Goodbranson face uh, supplementary discipline for cross-checking? Because we know the league is cracking down on cross checks And we'll have to see. We'll have to see what Friday night in Toronto brings Am I hopeful? No. It's in the second half of a back-to-back against a really good team.
6: And the Sharks couldn't handle Winnipeg. The Sharks' offense sputters. I'm J.D. Young of Locked on Sharks. And the Sharks fall 4-1 to, to the Winnipeg Jets in a game where the Sharks' offense just could not get any sustained pressure. Um, they were outshot by the Jets uh, by the 34 to 27. Um, Sharks unable to get any uh, power play time due to some um, inexplicable we'll go with officiating but yeah the big story just the Sharks offense uh, looks like there was a bunch of rookies on the team and uh, luckily though the Sharks will be getting reinforcements for Saturday's game so we should see hopefully see an improvement. The Cowboys will look to get Dak
3: Prescott and the offense back on the right track this week against the Falcons.
6: The Cowboys need a bounce back victory this week against the Atlanta Falcons after the debacle that they put on the field in Dallas against the Denver Broncos last week. I feel confident that the Cowboys offense will find a way to get back in sync, and I think the boost with Michael Gallup coming back on the field is gonna be incredible. My concerns lie now on the other side of the ball. Hi, I'm Lena McCool with the Locked On Cowboys Podcast and With a need to come back and show that they are still a contender in the NFC, especially after some of the latest moves that have been put up by some of the other contenders, including the Rams signing OBJ, the Cowboys need to come out and show that they are still alive in this race. I have confidence that the offense is going to find a way to get back in sync, that Dak's going to get back in sync with his receivers. Getting Gallup back will improve that as well. I feel like a good week of practice, and it sounds like the Cowboys did have that, will get them back in rhythm. But defense now is really concerning. After last week, they didn't have turnovers, which is fine, but they also couldn't find a way to get off the field. They were giving up first downs on second and forever, finding ways to just let Denver continue to convert. And now they've lost Randy Gregory this week after a week uh, to a calf, another calf strain after another hard week of practice trying to push to get back in sync.
3: That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on BetOnline.ag, your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. Here's a look ahead at a few of the weekend football lines at BetOnline.ag. Fresh off a win a rare win. Oddsmakers aren't buying the Jaguars. Can you believe it? And have them as big underdogs on the road against the Colts. BetOnline.ag has Indy favored by 10.5. The defending champion Bucks are favored on the road against the Washington football team. BetOnline.ag likes Tom Brady's side, surprise, surprise, by 10 points. And pulling off the upset last week isn't counting for much on the point spread for Purdue. BetOnline.ag has Ohio State favored by 21 over the Boilermakers. For all your gambling needs, BetOnline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that welcome bonus is another story you need to know the Baltimore Ravens roller coaster season continues this time on a Thursday night they fall to the Miami Dolphins 22 to 10 I I don't know what to make of this Baltimore team so to help me sort this out locked on Ravens host Kevin Ostreicher and and Kevin I'm going to have a hard time believing in this Ravens team until they string together two or three weeks where they don't have one of these games where they just don't show up What
5: is the deal? Yeah, well, Peter, you're mentioning it, talking about how this team has really played with fire over the course of the or at least most of this season because you have the slow starts and then you have the come from behind wins. And I think if you play that way and if you can't get off the fast starts and you allow teams to get up by whatever it is, nine points, 12 points, 14 points. There is going to be a game where you just can't get it together, and that happened in Week Ten against the Dolphins. Now, to the Ravens' credit on defense, they, the defense didn't allow, allow a touchdown until about two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They, for the most part, they had a few busted coverages, they had a few missed tackles. It was not a perfect day by any stretch, but the offense just could not get it together. The Ravens' defense holding Miami to just three of thirteen on third down. You know, you think that's usually good enough to win a football game. Baltimore goes two of fourteen, so it's just the third down offense has not been there all season. They've really struggled with their offensive line this year with all the injuries they've gone through on that front and with Lamar Jackson not having a lot of time to throw. They had some drops by Marquise Brown in this game. All in all, it was just a poor performance by the offensive play calling by Greg Roman took a big step back in this one. So, yeah, this team is going to have to look in the mirror. They have a long time to do so before Week 11 against Chicago, and hopefully they can get it figured out.
3: Yeah, this offense, I was just looking it up. They they beat the Chargers 34-6. They lose to the Bengals 41-17. Then they win in overtime against the Vikings, 34-31. And now they score 10 points in a loss to a team that we think is one of the worst in the league. They really are just, it's up, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. To what do you attribute this inability to play consistent offense?
5: I think there's a lot that goes into it at this point. You know, I think Baltimore's run game has taken a big hit with the losses of J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. They're going to feel it for the whole year. I mean, yeah. there's, there's no sugarcoating it. They got some momentum against the Vikings in week nine. They could not really carry that over to week 10. I think it starts up front with the offensive line, though. I think for any football team, you have to do well in the trenches in order for a team to do well on offense. Because if you have a defensive playmaker in the backfield every one second or two seconds, regardless of who your running back is or quarterback is, there's not a lot to do there. And Lamar Jackson is one of the best escape artists in the NFL, and you still can't do a lot with it. So with the tackle situ- situation being what it is, I Hunterville and a wave of being very inconsistent, they got great play from Patrick Macari. He's out in this in this week now. He's out for a couple more weeks, I probably think at least. The Ravens have been shuffling combinations. You know, it's just inconsistencies overall. I also, you know, if Greg Roman calls games like that for the rest of the year, I don't think it'll be a fun year for the rest of the Ravens offense because it was just a lot of short passes, running when they should have been passing it, passing when they should have been throwing it. So. If it's just that, and also just the fast starts, if they can get like a touchdown at the beginning of the game, get that momentum, gain confidence, things would have been probably so much different. Justin Tucker misses a field goal in this one. So I do think that for Baltimore, they have some work to do on offense and they have the talent to make it work, but it's now a matter of, can they make it work?
3: Follow locked on Ravens to see how they might bounce back coming up. Cam Newton has been signed and it's his former team, the Panthers who have called upon him to turn their season around can he today's episode is brought to you by your friends at built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever period end of story but not the end of the ad read if you haven't tried a built bar by now you are missing out they say it's a protein bar but it doesn't taste like one you have to try one of these amazing bars to really believe it for yourself most protein bars don't taste very good and the consistency is gross and you just, you you fight it. You're just like, okay, well, I guess I got to eat this because I, I need, I need something. But a built bar, soft, covered in hundred percent real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know, you're eating something different. It's more than just a protein bar. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, yet high in protein and high in fiber. Another great thing about Built Bar, they are diverse in their flavor offerings. There's something for everyone. And this month, Built Bar is coming out with limited time flavors every three to four days. So check the website. Often, you don't want to miss out. Go to Bilt.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com.
2: Agree or Disagree. This is the cue of the Day.
3: Carolina Panthers have signed Cam Newton back into the fold as they attempt to salvage a season that started off so promising. Can Cam turn things around for Carolina? Lockdown's Kanani Stevens is joined by Lockdown insider Isaiah Stanback to break down the return of Superman.
2: Uh, I think... Fans, at least, I'm not a huge Panthers fan per se, but I'm excited (laughs) about the reunion of him kind of going back home a little bit here. Um, What were your immediate reaction when you heard that these two were reuniting?
0: Yeah, my immediate reaction was that it, it makes sense. Um, this is home for Cam. I mean, he was a former number one pick. Uh, he was their quarter, their franchise quarterback. They took them to Super Bowl Fifty. Uh, he's he is their guy. He is a Carolina Panthers guy. Uh, obviously, they're having a lot of troubles at the quarterback position ever since they um, they released him. Uh, you know, some years back. You know, they they went with the. The Teddy Bridgewater experiment, that didn't work. Uh, Sam Darnold is having his issues, and now he's injured. Um, and here you are uh, with a with Cam Newton uh, that you're very familiar with sitting at home, um, now vaccinated, um, yep. and now in a position to go out there and be able to help your team that has a really, really good defense. Um, and that's in a very competitive division.
2: As you mentioned, obviously, Cam's one of the best Panthers in franchise history, Um A lot of fans, I'm sure, remember him that way. He had some up and down moments in Foxborough when he played for the Patriots. What realistically can Panthers fans expect when Cam comes back to this team?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, right off the bat. First of all, fans don't expect to see him playing this weekend against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, P.J. Walker is still there. He's going to be the starter most likely this week, Um, but they paid him starter money. Um, He signed a one-year $10 million deal, $4.5 million up front, another $1.5 million as a roster bonus. Um, He will be the guy following next week, best believe that, and he has a whole supporting cast of C-Mac that's back on the field, Christian McCaffrey. He has guys out there, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Um, These guys are Talented on the offensive side of the ball, and this is probably the most amount of weapons that he's been able to play with um, in his entire career, even the Super Bowl era as well for him. So I think that the realistic expectations is simply if he can just come in there, learn this system, this Joe Brady system that is really, real, really well um, thought out. He's very creative on that side of the ball. He will get his legs going. Um, he'll get his arm obviously involved and get uh, Robbie Anderson and these guys to rock. He doesn't have to be Cam Newton of the past, and that's what guys everybody needs to have on, in mind. He doesn't have to be that MVP candidate. He just needs to be a guy to go out there, execute, don't turn over the ball, get his playmakers the ball and let them make plays, and then obviously give this defense a chance to win you the ball game.
2: The Panthers are at four and five right now, but as you mentioned, maybe the bar is not high like when Cam was MVP. He doesn't have to do it all. He, he's got some, some weapons there obviously around him, and then you mentioned the defense on this team is really good.
0: Yeah, the defense is playing really well. Um, they obviously went out there and, and traded with New England and got themselves a heck of a cornerback out there. They have Horn from out there at the at the draft. Um, these guys are playing well. They're creating turnovers. It's just the offensive side of things they have not been able to turn it around. And the defense can only make so many plays. They can't be expected to go out there and win you ball games when they're out there for seventy plus snaps. Um, Cam Newton could come in and take some of that stress off of them and put this team in a more manageable position to win ball games. And like I said, this conference is very competitive. There's only about five to six teams that simply have things under wraps with a six with six wins or so Um, these guys are right in the mix of things here right there at four and five and hopefully they can turn it around and take one of those playoff positions
3: and finally the nhl is planning on doing some different skills competitions for all-star weekend in las vegas the key to the skills test being different is they're going to be held outside with part of Las Vegas Boulevard needing to be shut down. The NHL all-star skills competition will be held on February 4th while the all-star game is slated for the following night. The skills competition like hardest shot will be held inside the arena, but special skills competitions will be created specifically for this all-star weekend, have some sort of sin city flair to them and will be held outside like which hockey player can lose the most money and still go out to the bar and buy shots for everyone. All right, maybe that won't be part of the deal, but we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll workshop it a little bit. Maybe they'll have all-star teams team up and and have some sort of Ocean's 11 type heist for a skills competition. We'll we'll figure it out. We have time but between now and February 4th. I'm sure they will have plenty of good ideas. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets. Download and subscribe free and available on all platforms. Coming up Monday, we catch you up on all the NFL action. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.
2: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.